0: This is Barry Zalma, Zalma on insurance. I'm an attorney who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant and expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to speak about some interesting coverages, starting with patent infringement coverage, which is available under most commercial general liability policies. Insureds accused of infringing patents that are incorporated into the structure of a product will often make claim on their CGL policy for defense and indemnity, claiming that patent infringement is an advertising injury covered under the personal injury coverage of the CGL. As a subset of the personal injury coverage for advertising injury, patent infringement claims are presented with greater frequency since the decline of the dot-com industries and the growth of consumer electronics and computer industries, because defending against a claim of patent infringement requires a specialized team of attorneys, designers, And engineers, the cost of defense is extensive, and the infringer is highly motivated to find a way to gain coverage for the loss. Regardless of the motivation, success in obtaining coverage is not necessarily easy. For example, in Weiss versus St. Paul Fire, a 2002 decision of the Sixth Circuit. The Sixth Circuit reported that, quote, the plain meaning of an advertising injury, defined in the policy as piracy and unfair competition, does not arguably cover the losses due to patent litigation, and therefore St. Paul had no duty to defend in the patent infringement litigation. Infringement of title, when read in the context of the policy, may not be construed to apply to claims based on infringement of legal ownership rights to property. Hence, a reasonable layperson would not expect a claim for patent infringement to be covered under an advertising injury offense of the CGL policy. Since there's no potential for recovery under a policy for a charge of patent infringement, there is no duty to defend. In Green Machine v. Zurich American, a 2002 decision of the Third Circuit, it found no duty to defend a patent infringement claim where it was alleged that the insured made a concrete cutting machine in violation of another manufacturer's patent. The court stated, quote, Advertising injury is not, however, the same thing as advertising per se. Advertising injury is the misappropriation of another's advertising idea or concept. Green Machine argued that Chiu advertising concept was to solicit its relevant market to cut concrete using its patented method. Thus, Chiu advertising idea, which Green Machine contends it was accused of misappropriating, was to advertise. Under this theory, any competitor of Chiu who advertises no matter what the content of that advertising, has misappropriated Chiumanata's advertising idea to advertise. This is not what we mean by advertising injury. Since we're the meaning, were that the meaning, there could be no advertising without injury. Allegations that Green Machine stole a patented method for cutting concrete And also advertise the results of that theft does not convert the underlying theft into advertising injury. The construction, especially the construction of dwellings, requires the owner or developer to conduct serious and widespread advertising if the dwellings are to be sold if that advertising infringes on someone else's ideas or name it can involve the cgl for example consider a competitor who has built a highly su- successful tract called olive tree acres and sold 10,000 homes if a developer who builds a 200 unit condominium in the same area and advertises it as Olive Tree Acres Condominium, the originator may sue for infringement. The developer of the Olive Tree Acres Condominium may in turn seek defense under its own CGL. In Palmer v. Truck Insurance Exchange, a 1999 decision of the California Supreme Court found there was no coverage under the CGL and held, quote, in this case, we consider whether certain insurance policy provisions relating to advertising liability caused by title or slogan infringement cover infringement of any name. Interpreting the relevant policy language in the context of the policy as a whole, we hold that these provisions only cover infringement of names of literary or artistic works or names that are slogans and no other names. The California Supreme Court. Refuse to expand the coverage, however, to misappropriation of a slogan or other name. A slogan is a brief attention-getting phrase used in advertising or promotion, or a phrase used repeatedly as in promotion. The infringing use of a trademark that is merely a word in a phrase used as a slogan is not the same as infringing the use of a name. The slogan, Good to the Last Drop, is identifiable to a certain product because of extensive advertising. It is different, however, than use of a name like IBM. To obtain coverage, the developer would need to show he not only infringed on the olive tree name, but also used exactly the same advertising techniques used by the original developer. For coverage to exist, it must be inextricably tied to the advertising actions of the insured. On the other hand, applying Florida law in a case called Hyman v. Nationwide, a 2002 decision of the 11th Circuit, coverage for trade dress infringement the act of looking like someone else's product was found because trade dress infringement under circumstances constitutes a misappropriation of advertising ideas or style of doing business the court noted that it will not always do so rather For the injury to be covered under the policy, the trade dress at issue must constitute an advertising idea or style of doing business, and it must have been misappropriated. If, for example, a developer built a Sam's Pancake restaurant in the same style as the blue-roofed A-frame structures used by the International House of Pancakes, the developer may find a suit from IHOP for misappropriation of its style of doing business. As would Sam, the owner of Sam's Pancake Restaurant, one cannot be said to have misappropriated advertising ideas or a style of doing business when it is the shape and appearance of the product itself that is claimed to have caused injury. The prudent property owner, will keep detailed records concerning the structure, the construction or acquisition of the structure, and all advertising done to purchase or lease the structure to its occupants. Similarly, the builders, subcontractors, and design professionals will keep the same records to make more readily available their rights of indemnity under their own CGL policies if they become a defendant. Records to retain include, but should not be limited to all of the following, all contracts with advertising agencies, copies of all print ads, videotape of all television ads, or digital recordings of all television ads, audio tapes or digital recordings of all radio ads, or drafts of all advertising. The record should be maintained for the amount of time available to sue under the longest statute of limitations or statute of repose available to the plaintiffs plus one year. Also, available under the CGL is copyright infringement coverage. The CGL agrees to defend and indemnify an insured if the insured is accused of infringing a copyright, as long as the infringement is tied to the advertising of the insured. When a symbol, word, or series of words that are protected by a copyright The person who uses the protected symbol, word, or series of words is subject to a suit for damages for copyright infringement. When a person uses a symbol, a word, or series of words that are protected by copyright, the person who infringes the copyright is subject to a suit by the holder of the copyright for damages the CGL will defend and indemnify an insured for copyright infringement if that infringement is tied to the advertising actions of the insured. For example, an advertising agency that purchased specific coverage for copyright infringement and then prepared advertising for a client that infringed another's copyright was sued by its client for breach of contract and professional negligence, not for copyright infringement. This choice of grounds on which to sue effectively deprived the agency of coverage. If the client had sued the insured for copyright infringement, coverage would have been available. In California and other states that apply the extrinsic evidence rule, the allegations of the complaint, that is, the words used by plaintiff to sue the person insured, are not as important to a determination of coverage as the actual basis for the suit. If the insurer is part of its thorough investigation found extrinsic evidence that would indicate a cause of action against the insured that is potentially insured by the policy, the insurer would be required to defend its insured even if the allegations of the complaint alleged, facts that were clearly excluded. On the other hand, it's, it states that follow the Four Corners or Eight Corners rule, if the the allegations do not provide a potential for coverage, then there's no coverage regardless of the true facts. In Standard Construction v. Maryland Casualty, a uh, 2004 decision of the Sixth Circuit, it found that in order to find that an intended or expected act's exclusion applies, it must be established that the insured intended to act and also intended or expected that the injury would result. The Sixth Circuit found that separate and distinct inquiries must be made because many intentional acts produce unexpected results and comprehensive liability insurance would be somewhat pointless if protection were precluded if, for example, the intent to cause harm was not an essential and required showing. The intent itself may be actual or inferred from the nature of the act and the accompanying reasonable foreseeability of harm. It is immaterial that the actual harm was of a different character or material or nature than that intended. In George Hildebrand v. INA, a 2002 decision of the California Court of Appeal, it explained that California has moved from the four corners of the complaint test to include extrinsic evidence in the evaluation of the duty to defend. This video was adapted from my book. Construction Defects and Insurance, Volume 3, which is available from Amazon.com as both a Kindle book and a paperback. If you find this video uh, to be of interest, please refer it to your colleagues. It's free. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, or, and my blog so that you can learn about future blog postings and future videos. Thank you for your attention.